1: purdue global purdue's online university for working adults start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
3: when the spark fell out of the torch as it always seems to do and it found the top of my shoe that wasn't the problem when it melted through my shoe and into my sock and i was hopping around like foghorn leghorn yeah that was a problem wait a minute wait a a go ahead you set your foot
4: on fire car doctor where the two stems come through the firewall to the heater core i mean i do get some up and down movement on each of them but it is equal i mean do you think i'm gonna have to get a new heater core here at some point no they
0: they do they do tend to wiggle welcome to the radio home of ron and Anian, the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and
3: call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. My father always said that there's no such thing as a new customer. There's only an old customer that came from somewhere else because they didn't think they were treated correctly or satisfactorily and they were frustrated. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about that. We could have a conversation about that for the next two hours if you wanted and probably still not even scrape the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's right and what's wrong. But in to repair, I think you have to look at each situation individually and you have to start to think about... You know what's in the best interest of retaining the customer. You want to get the person to come back. You want to keep that customer because there's only so many customers out there. There's only so many people driving cars. You can't sit there and say, "Well, I can throw this guy away because somebody else is going to show up." It doesn't always work like that. We had a customer with a 2016 GMC Acadia. Tony's been Tony's become a regular over the past two years, and uh, he he brought us this. It uh, it stopped dead on him middle of the week. He was driving along and. He called me up in a panic. The car was losing power. It wouldn't accelerate. Finally, as it slowed down, it seemed to have power. The power seemed to come back, and he was able to get it off to the side of the road. And then upon trying to turn around, he got himself into somebody's driveway, poor guy, and ended up finding out he had no reverse. So he was stuck in somebody's driveway on a turnaround, and now what does he do? He was able to get it out of the driveway. He, he got out and pushed it out, and, and for him, that's, a, that's an effort. That's a thing. He's no spring chicken, um, and he was able to do that and and get it to the side of the road and wait for the tow truck, had it towed in, and we looked at it. Tony's Acadia, his GMC Acadia, very nice vehicle, very well cared for, very well maintained, not, not what I would call an abused vehicle. It definitely wasn't ridden hard and put away wet, with only 49,000 miles on it, had puked the trans. And it had done so. It had failed the trans in a very specific way. It, it it ended up setting a specific fault code, P0716, and no third gear, no reverse. And there's a bulletin out there for this from General Motors, 16NA013, which goes back about five years, back to actually January of 2016, if I recall correctly. And it was a common failure. It was a common problem with these that GM knew as, as early as 2016 that the transmission would fail because the retaining ring that held the retainer, the, re, the retaining ring that held the input sensor toothed gear, the retaining ring would come out of place and allow that tooth gear to slide out of position and it would lose track of input speed so it would therefore lose input for reverse and third. Common problem. So common that and i always gauge it by what's available parts wise i called up and i wanted to see if the parts for the kit were available they are not there's nothing out there from general motors everything is on back order which i know there's a supply chain problem and that's not the be all and end all but it tells you something right that you know how many acadias and acadia is the same thing as the i believe the equinox and or the traverse i forget which one it is but there's there's a sister vehicle in the chevrolet line just like the acadia and there's thousands, if not millions, of these things on the road. And then the other issue was, okay, do they just do they just replace the whole trans? Is that what General Motors is going to end up doing for Tony? And uh, I called and yeah, the trans is on back order, no release date in sight. And I, I explained all this to him and I said, listen, I said, as much as I'd like to fix your vehicle and I said, you know, I, I think you have to go to the dealer. I said I think you have to go back to where you bought it and talk to them and see what they're doing because this, you know, they've got a bulletin. For the manufacturer to put out a service bulletin, that means that, you know, we're not talking about five vehicles that were affected. We're probably not talking about 5,000 vehicles that are affected. We're probably talking about 50,000 or more vehicles that are affected. It's a common problem. It's a big deal. Took it back to the dealer. And what I wanted to explain to you is that, you know, in the blink of an eye, how that image of that car that you love in the driveway so much it just changes right you blink and it's like well i see it different now and, and maybe that's how tony sees it i'm not sure you know i had to kind of talk off the off the edge a couple of times later this week the car went down there wednesday into thursday and then thursday and friday we spent a couple of times on the phone because i'm listen that's my job i've got to hold your hand a little bit i've got to get you through the process i've got to get you to understand you know what's going on because it's all foreign language to you it's english but it's a foreign language And what I ended up doing was, I ended up coaching Tony, and I realized, I guess that's what I do. I I coached him on how to argue the point. And I said, you know, you've got to tell them, and if you find yourself in this position, for everyone out there listening, you can do this too, by all means. That's why I'm doing this. You know, you can can tell them, listen, they've got a bulletin on this. This is not an uncommon repair. This is a 49,000-mile vehicle that... It's out by mileage. Well, it's just it's actually not out by mileage because I think it has a. um, I believe this car had a five year sixty thousand mile powertrain coverage. It's only got forty nine thousand miles on it. It's out by time, and times a boy. You know, times a variable. I I never got that one. If the vehicle sat there and something mechanical failed two miles later, and all of a sudden the trans fell apart, I don't think that's a time issue. I think that's a cop-out on the part of the vehicle manufacturer. You know, what would it take, as I said to Tony, what would it take GM to just say, okay, listen, we'll take care of this because we want to keep you as a customer because we realize that you have so many choices and so many places to go. So he's waiting now. He spoke to the dealer. He explained this. He argued his case. He argued his point. And he's waiting now to see what the manufacturer is going to do, what GMC is going to do. And I've got them primed. They said, look, I said, I think, you know, you want to try and be a good customer. I said, I don't think this is all on them. I said, you know, it is a 2016. It is five going on six years old or six going on seven years old, depending upon the in-service date. Uh, You know, time counts to a degree, but not where it's 100% on your shoulders, number one. Number two, they've got a bulletin that talks about the failure. And, you know, you know that's what they're going to find when they take the trans apart. So you've got to learn to argue the point. You've got to learn... That, you know, it, it becomes a responsibility not to just go in there waving your arms and screaming. You've got to have some logic. You've got to build a case. You've got to sit down and, and be rational and try to rationalize with them. And not every dealership is going to be like that. Not every service writer is going to be like that. As I said to Tony, as I say to you, if you have any doubt, you know, that's your first level. You then call the manufacturer. The end call up and you talk to the customer service rep and you explain the case and let them fight the battle for you. Because the truth is, the car companies know that there's only so many of you out there. Look, in, in the North Jersey area, there are three cable companies. That's it. It's Verizon, Optimum, and I can't think of who the third one is. That's how small they are, right? And recently, it seems like a barrage from Optimum. They want they want my business. And I said, you know, I never would have left you guys five years ago if you had just maintained the price and not gone crazy. And, you know, why is it that the price goes up and then it comes back down when I come back in a year? Well, you know, because we have stockholders and we're trying to convince them that the business is growing. So we allow people to leave this way when they come back. It looks like we're expanding, even though we're not. From the words of the cable salesperson, because we know that there's only so many people out there. Wow. What a mindset that is. Let's annoy the guy so bad that he leaves, hoping to get him back. You know what? They're never going to get me back. I'm not coming. (laughs) I'm very happy where I am. And I just can't deal with that kind of business. I think GMC owes Tony something. You know, I th- I think on a less than 50,000-mile vehicle, six years old, trans failure, bulletin, common problem, nothing available, no parts. I think they owe him something, especially since this is his third GMC product, his fourth GM product. I think they need to show something in good faith because sooner or later, you're going to get a car that's a problem. You're going to get a vehicle that's an issue. How they handle it, you know, I'll I'll, I'll I'll end it like this. What I always tell you, right, you know, auto repair is never measured when things are going well. Auto repair is, is a relationship. It's like a marriage. You measure it when things are going bad. How quick do you recover? How easily can you solve it to everybody's satisfaction? How well do you get along? You know, sometimes you end up getting divorced. We call that driving a Honda instead of a GMC or a Toyota or a Ford or a chrysler sometimes you manage to patch it up and get back on the road to recovery and we call that keeping your old vehicle argue the point in the blink of an eye things could change just be aware try to be unemotional and just gather your information get some research and go talk to that manufacturer if you're having a problem there's always a solution i want to point out today that um, by the way you won't if you're if you normally listen to us up on facebook and i don't know how you would hear this if you're not maybe you found an alternate source but you will not be able to you will not be able to we're not streaming on facebook today uh for some reason tom can you uh, give me an answer to that why aren't we streaming on face- streaming on face- streaming today? Oh, i guess we uh i can't hear you tom you know what let's pull over take a pause i'm not sure there's all kinds of crazy things it's uh it's outside interference we're being uh we're being stalked let's pull over and take a pause i'm running of the car doctor 8555609900 we'll be back right after this
6: If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message, and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of
3: Ron, here he is. Hey, now let's see if Tom is there. Tom, are you there now? Can we uh, can we chat?
6: That works. Oh, that works. What were you doing? You broke the well, machine. I was trying to get a stream up for, uh, for our listeners here, and um, that's what I get for trying to be a nice guy. I, there's a software switch I forgot to flip and didn't realize it when I hit my mic, so... Mm. So
3: so, what do you think? What what got us banned from? I mean, does Facebook realize we're just a nationally syndicated over-the-air
6: terrestrial radio show, and we're just doing Facebook as a convenience for everybody? I don't think Facebook knows or cares. Uh, uh, you, you know, I i went in today that just for for the listeners who don't know what's involved with this. I mean, you go to the Car Doctor Facebook page as an administrator, you have certain things available. You click on Live, you tell it, okay, let's launch the live stream and then you, they give you places to put in the information and it came up and said we banned you for because you're against our community standards and I'm like excuse me what did we say I have no idea but you know what there's a part of my, my anatomy they can kiss, and uh, that's as far as I'll go saying that. And uh, by next week, we'll have a uh, real stream up instead of using Facebook. So you know they're going to lose all that traffic. Sorry. Yeah, that makes no sense. Uh,
3: listen, not, we have, not we, my problem. And we haven't even been talking. We haven't even been talking electric cars for over a month, if oh. I re, if I recall correctly. So it's... I
6: have no idea what you what what was said last week. I there was nothing last the last week's show that was even questionable. Right. Except uh, you setting your foot on fire. Well, that was, and maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe I'm not allowed to talk about <laughs> setting my foot on fire.
3: Um, anyway, let's Don't go back. To, let's let's go back to do what we do best at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Let's talk to Clint in Warwick, New York. O eight Chevy Silverado. Clint, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help?
2: Hey, how are you? Fuel lines. I have a O eight Chevy Silverado fifteen hundred. Right. Has about a hundred and sixty five thousand. Right. It's got a five point three and we're getting odor of gas and climbed under and lines are starting to weep. Yeah. Yeah, they What do you recommend? Oh boy. Well, I understand it's a hell of a job.
3: Well, yeah, and it's it's you know, there's a couple of things that are going to happen here. Number one, you know, it's not just we're not just concerned about fuel lines. Have you noticed or did you take note of what the brake lines looked like?
2: Brake lines aren't half as bad as the fuel lines. Okay, are. so
3: the brake lines are probably coated somewhere around somewhere between 07 and 08 GM started coating the brake lines with vinyl and it it held okay. the rust to a minimum. So you might have a vinyl coated brake line vehicle which would be great. You don't have to worry about it at that point. Yep. So just just be aware though if the if the fuel lines are like that the brake lines are susceptible too. The only real fix okay. is they do make a replacement fuel line setup. Uh, it's a little nasty. Right. To, it's a little nasty to get to. It goes over the top of the trans. There's two brackets. There's a couple of 15 millimeter bolts at the back of the bell housing with clamps that hold the lines in place. They're a little tough to get to. You really need it up in the air on a lift. You know, with long extension, uh-huh. small socket to do. It's um, it's a good half a day's, three quarters of a day's work. But you can buy a complete fuel line kit from GM or if you've got a Delco parts distributor near you, it's going to be the same part number. You can just buy it as an assembly and replace it. Uh, be aware that okay. I, I always tell everybody when they get into this, um, empty the gas tank or get it as empty as you can, you know, because there's a chance you may find that you have to pull the tank to get to lines that have also rotted because sometimes the line comes down at, where it comes in at the connector just before the tank, there's a there's a male female coupling there that may not come apart. And when that line breaks, then you have to pull the tank. So don't don't okay. make the, don't make the fatal error of doing this with a full tank of fuel. Do this with you yeah, know.
2: through my Go ahead. through my parts dealers. They're recommending they sell a kit that's a steel a stainless steel braided line. Yes, that it's not. What's your well, thought on them? So are they saying the whole the whole line is braided? The whole line from one end to another, it comes with the GM fuel clips on it that they just clip back on. Yeah, you and know, there's three lines. I I fuel I, I, return. And and evap, I'm guessing,
3: or vent. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh you know, I've seen that kit. I I like that kit. The only concern I have is that stainless steel, as a as a line, all right. I'll talk about it from a brake line perspective, Clint. Um, I've done right. I've okay. done I've done a few hot rods with stainless steel brake lines. The only issue is the the stainless steel is such a hard material that to when you tighten it to get it to seal, you've really got to crank on it, all right. And sometimes you'll end up either rounding the hex if you don't have a real good wrench or if you're not careful on how you put it on there. So if you want to use the stainless steel stuff, what I've learned is put a drop of oil on the threads. Put a drop of oil on the threads, put a drop of oil behind the coupling where the coupling nut sits against the back of the flare. You understand what I'm saying? So that as you tighten it, as, as you tighten it, the oil is going to lubricate it and allow it to snug up easier with less stress and then when it relaxes, it's Absolutely. just going to lock itself in place, and that's the trick for stainless. Yep. All right, that's the absolute trick for stainless. Right. So
2: well, um, you gave insight into it, and I wanted to hear somebody else's opinion on these lines. And I um, think I'm going to go that route. Trying the stainless steel, they're 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 flexible, right?
3: They give you the because because getting lines. them out's easy. Make it easy. Getting them back in?
2: Yeah, you cut them in pieces. Oh
3: my uh-huh. gosh! It's <laughs> it's either that or okay. it's either that or you pull the trans. If you took the transmission out, it would make it very easy. But you know, that's yeah. and that's literally yeah, how no. it works. So, all right, kiddo.
2: Fortunately enough, I have a lift.
3: Yeah, I um, thank
2: you. You're very welcome. You have a great day. I enjoy listening to you.
3: Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank You'll thank you be well. Um, yeah, there's all. There's all sorts of little tricks of the trade. And, you know, there's a vehicle 166,000 miles. Uh, you know what? These are the things that are going to go wrong with it. Do the fuel lines now. Double check the brake lines, y- you know. And maybe while you're under there, Clint, if you're still listening, maybe do some driveline fluid service, although I suspect you already have, and uh, keep it running another 10 years because uh, vehicles are not getting any cheaper. So we'll be back right after this. I'm running Amy in the Car Doctor, eight five five 560 9900 Don't go away.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
3: Let's get over to Jay in Virginia, 04 Chrysler. Jay, what is this, a Chrysler? Is this a town and country or is this a TC Maserati?
7: Yeah, town and country LXI.
3: Okay. Okay, what's going on with it?
7: So the climate control, zone control has managed to reverse itself such that when you select defrost, the air goes to the floor and vice versa.
3: Okay. Um, Just out of the blue, just one day you got up and it was just backwards.
7: Well, uh, it's been about a year and a half, and it's been a persistent problem. I have changed the, uh, the module on the dash with the used one, and the problem persisted. Okay. Um, I also did take a look at the uh, little actuator motor for that function, and it didn't seem to be you know out of whack, so do you have any kind of scan tool, Jay? I do not okay, so here's a case
3: where and and unfortunately, the best scan tool for this to my knowledge, is going to be a chrysler d r b three which was the factory tool at the time going back eighteen years ago uh because you want to put it through what we call a functional test and a possible recalibration i've seen this it, right. it's it's just confused it it doesn't know which way it literally doesn't know which way is up <laughs> all right it's it's thinking backwards and it has to be reeducated and i've seen them lose their programming did it go through any sort of dead battery issues or um electrical problems prior to this happening
7: well not prior, but uh, yes, recently we've we've suspected maybe some uh, ignition off draw. One of the one of the odd things is is sometimes when the car is off, the door actuator, actuators will start moving, and it's kind of you know kind of a ghostly kind of a thing because that you can tell they're kind of moving back and forth. Right. Um. That's the other odd thing that's been happening.
3: Yeah, I think, which, I think your first step has got to be that you've got to, you know, get it to somebody, let them run a functional test on it. Because with a scan tool, they can control, they will override. Okay. So that, that control head actually reports to other modules on the bus, on the, on the network. All right? Okay. And, you know, the, a scan tool will be able to take the place. It will do one of two things. It will either become the other modules that that control head reports to so it can control the control head. And look to see is the control head an issue or is the item it's reporting to the issue. You know, who's wrong? Is it the guy trying to talk or is it the guy that he's talking to?
7: Right.
3: Right? Who's confused? Yeah,
7: I am aware of that there is uh there are DOB3s available for rent. Um is that something that a, a shade tree mechanic would, would be uh competent to do?
3: It just depends on how good of a trace shade tree mechanic you are, kiddo. It's a it's 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 a very Different tool, you know. One thing I will say about scan tools, you know, the aftermarket stuff is they tend to make everything. They standardize everything, right? They make everything the same. So when you're looking, you know, at at where tests are for Chrysler, for Ford, for GM, they're all in the same place under the same headings. Basically, there's some variation, but it's not nearly what it is. You get into a a, a factory level tool, oh my gosh. <laughs> It's it's just so different, uh, right. you know. It's just it's just so different. I'm not saying not to. It might be the best education you could get. But what I would do right. is I would get my hands on. There is a you know get yourself on you know. If you, I'm, I'm assuming you've got some repair information. You can get into a verification test. Do you have any old data or Mitchell or anything?
7: You know, I do actually have the factory uh, OEM shop manuals. I managed to find those on eBay a couple of years ago at a pretty good price. Okay. So, you know, you want to go in and you want to look for
3: HVAC calibration procedure and and, re, and read up on that. And they're going to talk about, they're going to, you're going to learn a whole lot of abbreviations. They're going to talk about the SCREAM, the PCM, the FCM, forward control module, uh, security module, the, the engine control module. They're going to talk about all the different modules that things report to, and they're going to tell you the procedure. And then you're going to come across the magic words that say DRB3. That's where you gotta decide. Right. You're either gonna run from the building like your hair's on fire or you're gonna go out and rent one. Can't buy one, trust me, they're way too expensive. Probably one of the most expensive aftermarket scan tools left on the planet. So, but that's right. that's that's where I would go. Now, of course, you know, listen, it's been a while since 04 was around and it, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of need lately to, to pull out one of the seventeen scan tools I have to tell you, can anything else do it? Uh, you know, could an autel do it? Maybe. Could a launch do it? Maybe. Um, you know, so it would all depend on what level of tool, but I would clearly tell you that a DRB3 would do it just that, you know, as far as the expense and the expertise to operate it might be a different story. Because you're you're right. into you're into functionality here. If it's working backwards and you can say, "Hey, I gave the command and everything else worked, then you know it's this," and you know, or you can say, "Hey, I I I provided the input and the tool told me it was correct, then you know it's coming in right, it's just going out wrong." To, or it being controlled wrong by whatever's controlling it, and then you can move on down the line. Does that make sense?
4: Right.
3: It does, yeah. All right. So, that's where you got to go, kiddo. Um, either way, you might end up All buying right. yourself a scan tool for the holidays for Father's Day coming up. <laughs> so,
7: All right, well, thank, you, thank you very much. I you, appreciate it. You're
3: very welcome. You're very welcome. Hey, uh, you know, by the way, um, Tom, we keep forgetting to do this. There's a couple of housekeeping chores we have to do. Um, yeah, Is I was able to, remember we had on, and I can't think of the gentleman, Mark Muller, wrote the book on Ford Mustang
6: no no, was, uh, no I wasn't uh, oh yes I'm sorry yes was, that was, was Mark yes.
3: we, had a, we had a Mark yes. Muller and a Mark Mills um, Mark Muller uh, wrote a book yep. on 64 and a half up Mustang and the the development of the Mustang and uh, just a really cool book great color pictures I did not want to tell you I'm gonna tell you now but don't tell anybody I was able to get two copies that we can give away here on air excellent okay so one's for you and one's for me no no Tom we have enough stuff we don't need more stuff <laughs> all right where you know this isn't a george carlin skit we're not trying to collect stuff we're trying to give stuff away but come right? on, the more stuff you have when you die you win no because then you then your kids have to throw it out so this way i want to get That's rid true. of it now um so uh, you know we'll decide when in the next month or so we want to get it into the hands of somebody we're thinking for father's day or listen maybe for mother's day tom maybe we should say for you know we'll, we'll get it out by the first week of may you know, that's a
6: good idea, because I bet you there's a lot of ladies into those uh, Mustangs. You
3: know, they always called it, they always said she was Mustang Sally, so
6: I, you know, that's always a possibility.
3: So we got that going on. And also, we want to do, we've got a couple of shows that we want to, uh, we want to tape some shows for April, right? So we're going to be doing some air tapings coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. So if you've got a question and you can't get to us, you know, we're here live on the network Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m., east coast time just call 855-560-9900 if you want to be part of a car doctor evening taping as we uh, tape the show instead of do it live and um you know we look forward to that and tom will give you the particulars on that so just call 855-560-9900 leave a message right now let's pull over take a pause the car doctor will be back right after this don't go away
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome
3: back. We're on the Car Doctor, 855 560 9900. Let's get over to Bill in Michigan. OH Chevy Impala. Bill, welcome to the car. Blah, 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 blah. Welcome back to the car, Doctor Bill. Uh, I wanted to do two <laughs> Thanks, things Robert. there. My, my brain was saying one thing, my mouth was doing another. So, how are you?
4: I'm good. How are you? Good.
3: What's going on with this?
4: Uh, I got a 2008 uh, Impala 35 V6 with 69,000 miles. It's shooting a code P0172. First thing I did was uh, visual inspection, I uh, didn't see anything. Cleared the code, drove the vehicle. Uh, Code went away. I added a can of Behrman's injector cleaner. Drove the vehicle for about four days, mainly short trips. The light came back on. Is there anything I should look for uh, first or these have any known product problems for that uh, 172? What, What Do you happen to look at fuel trim, Bill? No, I haven't uh, hooked up a, a scan until I have a launch, uh, Millennium 90,
3: that I'm going to throw okay. on Okay, So we want to we want to look at fuel trim, all right? And for, to refresh everybody's memory, mine included, zero is a balanced fuel mixture. If we see an, a positive number, it's adding fuel. If we see a negative number, it's taking fuel away because it's running rich. A 172 is the vehicle is running rich off its base fuel program as, as designed by the engineer. So you're probably going to see something in excess of negative 10%. Now we've got to find out why. You know where is it? Where is it drawing this extra fuel from? It could be something as simple as, uh, you know, a, a bad canister purge valve that's stuck open. It could be a, a diluted crankcase for a variety of reasons. Is this a flex fuel vehicle? It is. Okay. Yes. So with a flex fuel vehicle, one of the things you have to consider is that it's it's uh, the fuel composition. There's going to be a fuel composition pit. All right, that the alcohol content has reached a high limit and that will set this fault. So there's a rather involved procedure where you have to go in and, um, you know, test the vehicle's fuel alcohol content and you can probably find it online. Or if you send me a note, I'll be glad to drop it to you. Uh, it's going to require a glass vial and some specific test procedures. Um, you may find that if fuel trim is more to the negative side, that, and I'm expecting it to be. That you know, you may find running this tank of fuel out of it, and either changing brands or blends um, may cause the problem to go away on its own. But it's it's learning; it could possibly be learning um, uh, based on fuel composition that it's got too high of an alcohol content. Did you recently change brands of fuel?
4: No, I've been buying it at one station consistently. Although, Ron, I did add a five-gallon can that was probably four months old. Right. But after that and after I got the light, I did fill it up with fresh fuel again okay. from the same station. Okay. It's a top-tier uh, gas station. All right,
3: and it may it may be that's what set it off, and now it's got to be relearned. And again, you've got to go look at fuel trims and work your way up from there. But the, the flex fuel vehicles can get a little hairy once they go out of alcohol calibration. There should be a PID there that's going to tell you alcohol, alcohol content as seen. And I, I, if you find that, I bet it's going to say it's over forty-five percent, and that that's a problem. I think the max it can go is uh, thirty, thirty-five, something like that. Um, so it's going to see too high of an alcohol composition number, and that's going to that's going to set the fault code. It's going to it's going to skew how the vehicle runs. It's going to start to pull fuel away um, based on its PIDs. So, um, and then there, by the same token, six? yeah, well, and, and, right. and by the same token, this is a V six, right? This is a three five. Right. So go look at go look at go look at both banks. You know, usually fuel trim faults set at the negative or positive 25% number. If one bank's 26% and one bank's 24%, it's going to set for the one but not the other, but in theory they're both out of whack. If 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 you get what I'm saying. So, um, is there a fix sure? It's it's either going to be it's either going to be if it's fuel related, changing the fuel and doing a a, a relearn can help. If not, then, you know, we've got – I've also seen where the the alcohol composition sensor is on the fuel level sender, and I've seen those fail and cause this condition too. So it's not the fuel. It's just that the the sender that, or the sensor that tells the computer how much the alcohol content in it actually goes bad, and that needs to be replaced. So, um, you know, a little bit of diagnostics here. You've got my email, right? I appreciate it. I do. Yeah. Um, I do. you know, shoot me a note and I can send you some more information if you need it. But see what the see what the fuel trims are and we can kinda work our way out from there. All
4: right? And I appreciate the effort and information. Thank you're, you, sir.
3: You're very welcome, sir. Good to hear from you again. Boy, Bill's a long time a long time listener. I bet Bill's been listening to us I think as long as well, I don't want to say as long as I'm on the air, but as long as I can remember what's my memory worth. I mean, who am I? Oh, right. Okay, let's pull over and take a pause. I think that's what I do at this point. 855-560-9900. Ron and in the car doctor coming back right after this. Don't go away.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
3: Welcome back. We're on the name of The Car Doctor at 855 Keep in mind that's the 24-7 phone number that uh, you can get into to talk to us. Just uh, leave a message at 855-560-9900, and uh, Tom Ray will call you back and get you in the next live queue. You know, since we're banned on Facebook this weekend, and uh, we can't uh, poke the bear any harder, I thought I'd talk to you about an article that I read recently on Wired.com that talks about all the things that drain your electric vehicle battery. Why not? What the heck, right? And it got me to thinking as I was reading it. It talks about, you know, you're stuck in the rain, and the wipers are working overtime, or you're stuck in cold weather, and you've got to turn your heated seats up. Uh, to keep the family warm, or the heat up in the car to keep the family warm, and all the things that change and the variables that change in a vehicle, that over the time of over the course of a trip, that you know may make uh, calculated distance on how far you can go in an electric, on an EV vehicle, you know that much less or different. And I started thinking about the social impact of EVs. And I'm not saying EVs are a bad thing. You know what? I think every mail delivery route vehicle in this country should be an electric vehicle. I really do. I don't know where you're going to get the electricity from, but I I I think that should be done. I think that should be part of the consideration. But I wonder about the social and the environmental and the economic impact of an EV. You know, I, I always think about you know that that single mom or dad that's struggling to make ends meet they maybe they're the wait staff at your local restaurant, maybe they're working at the supermarket, maybe they're just working an extra job to help make ends meet and they're out looking for that five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar used vehicle to get around for a couple of years to try and, you know, keep their family together and do what they have to do. I don't think there are a, uh, I don't think there's gonna be a less than a ten thousand dollar used electric vehicle and um uh, you know and then when you get it and you've got to worry about the electrical drain on the on the system such as they're pointing out here um you know i just wonder what sort of social impact but anyway some of the things that drain your electric vehicle it points out it talks about the difference in radios audio and infotainment car car, info, car infotainment displays have grown significantly in the past decade to the point that some span the entire width of the cabin and some cars like Porsche, can be brought up with five digital displays. The latest generation of Tesla Model S also come equipped with powerful video game systems. Do we need video game systems? Well, I guess you do, because in a Tesla, you're not driving. You're sitting there waiting to be driven. Um, all of this draws significantly more energy from the car's battery pack than simple music and navigation. While a regular car stereo played loudly might reach 100 watts of power, its demands on the battery pack are, tired, are tiny with 100 watt hours, equating to exactly half a kilometer of vehicle range per hour of use. And it starts to talk about how differences in radios will drain the vehicle battery more. And how you use that radio will drain the vehicle battery more. I don't know. There's an awful lot more to this that uh, really needs to be discussed. But I don't want to talk about it. I'm already in enough trouble. Facebook won't talk to me. Oh, my God. What will I do? Till the next time, I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor at 855 560 Good mechanics aren't expensive. See you.